Welcome to Nearer to God, a podcast about the Bible, our walk with Him, and growing closer to God. We'll discuss Bible questions we receive from listeners. Let's get started. I was mowing the grass yesterday and got a text message from Darren. I'm not feeling well, you know, so. So uh, I've been working yesterday and this morning and and, uh, got this lesson together, and I hope that this is useful for you. And I, I, I tried to reach something that seemed kind of basic, uh, the, the, the works of the flesh. I think we've, we've all uh, read these verses before and perhaps studied this. Um, it kind of got, got deep. I ended up taking an approach of a, sort of a word study. And uh, there's a lot of words in the list as we, as we read through this. But hopefully this will uh, be useful for us to think about these things together. You know, if we look at... Uh, the letter to the Galatians at the beginning. Um, of course, it's from Paul. In verse 6, um, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel Contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. And so as to underline and put exclamation marks, he says again in verse 9, As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So Paul wrote this letter to this group of churches in that region of Galatia, uh, not to praise them for keep up the good work kind of thing, but they were in some trouble. And I think in that context of this letter, as we look at chapter 5 and, and some of the emphasis on the works of the flesh, I think we're to understand that from a, a troubled church. And I, and I wouldn't characterize Ashland as a troubled church, but yet these are things we need to think about um, so as to stay on the right path. So we'll look at the this sort of word study on the works of the flesh, and then also have a brief comparison to the fruit of the Spirit. Um, we're pretty much going to be staying here in Galatians 5. I just, I just went to chapter 1 there for a moment, but we're going to pretty much stay there. So if you're using your Bible, you can, you can kind of rest easy and stay there. Galatians 5, I'll have a lot of verses here on the screen, and we'll be looking at that. So let's just read again our text. It's sort of a subset of what I had um, Tim read for us. We'll focus a little closer in. To, the, to these two parts of mostly this first part of the works of the flesh and then also a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we see that sort of emphasis again, like we saw in chapter 1, where he's, I said this before. 
So there's our, there's our text for the work of the flesh. And, and of course, Tim read from the New King James Version. This is from the English Standard Version. There's some differences, and that's what we'll look in, into to understand these words better. So if we think about uh, the works of the flesh, we dive into this list, uh, we'll consider them as falling into sort of these four broad categories. We'll, we'll think about moral impurity for the first few in the list, um, and then idolatry slash sorcery, um, failing to love our neighbor, and then a general lack of self-control, and maybe particularly looking at a lack of self-control with regard to alcohol. And, and those are the, uh, the broad categories, and of course it's all sort of uh, capitalized and punctuated by this. Those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so that's the warning given to the Galatians and the, the warning for us to be thinking about as well today. So the second part of our text then was just moving on from, from those verses to verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so we see these things contrasted. When we think about the works of the flesh mostly, but we see those contrasted. And uh, if we think about the, the fruit of the Spirit are really all of these good characteristics that we should cultivate in our lives and in our character and stir one another up. As we stir one another up to love and good works, these things, the fruit of the Spirit, are what we should be encouraging each other to grow in. And there's some direct contrasts uh, as we look at those, those two lists, and we'll, we'll talk briefly about that toward the end. So let's get into our text, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. And let's just look at that first phrase here uh, first. And really just, we'll zero in. It's a word study, so flesh. The works of the flesh, what are we talking about? So we're talking about our physical bodies. And this, this Greek word, sarks, for flesh, um, we can think of it in, in terms, I mean, the word means a lot of things in different contexts. It can talk about meat of animals and that sort of thing. But we're to think in this context, our physical bodies, as opposed to our soul or our spirit, um, contrasting with things that are external, um, with, with things that are spiritual. Um, so flesh as contrasted with the spirit. Physical and carnal things contrasted with spiritual things. Temporary things versus eternal things. Earthly things versus heavenly things. So this is what we're talking about. This is the whole setup of this, of this passage. Now, moving to the next little piece here. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Well, what do we mean they're evident? What, what, are we, what are we talking about with that? And the word here is sometimes rendered evident or obvious or manifest, uh, literally shining. These things are just, they're just out there publicly. They're public, external, they're abroad. Um, they're, they're just uh, obvious. So we think about this letter written to the, to the churches of Galatia, as we read in chapter 1. The churches are made up of Christians, not just some random people wandering around, but Christians. They had some um, understanding of these things. So these, these things uh, to the audience they're written to and into the audience we have today, these are not uh, new groundbreaking things, rocket science. This is just, we already know this is what, it, is what it's saying. 
Uh, these things are, are obvious. Don't do bad things. As we go through this, uh, don't have sex with someone you're not married to. Don't get involved in false religion or, or do drugs or be mean or nasty to people and, and don't get drunk. Don't get carried away with these, with these things of the world. I mean, that's the, that's the crux of what we're talking about here. These things are evident and obvious, but yet we need to be reminded of these things. So in our, uh, in our outline of these different sections, let's jump into our first section here of moral purity. Rather than just those, that first phrase, we'll get into our list now and look at these uh, works of the flesh that are in this category of moral impurity. So again, back to this verse. We'll go back to these verses a lot. It's a Bible lesson. So the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Let's focus on, on sexual immorality. It's one of these works of the flesh. And this, this, this uh, Greek word, porneia, rendered sexual immorality or, or fornication, different, different words we might use. And we might, we might see in that and think, oh, well, it looks like pornography. And, and that's actually a combination of two words. Porneia, this sexual immorality, and then graphe, writing. Um, and then today, of course, we might think of that in graphical images and that sort of thing that we see with that today. But this, this underlying sexual immorality conduct is what's being discussed here can be rendered as harlotry and include adultery and incest and all of these things that we, uh, we know we ought not to be engaged in, illicit sexual intercourse. If we're involved in, in, in that outside of our marriage covenant, that is what's encompassed here. Sex is for marriage, the end. Our next word, we will look at impurity. Zero in on that word. And here's the word for that. And we might, you know, I don't, none of us are probably Greek scholars or whatever. We might see in this akarthesia uh, here. Uh, whenever we have an A at the beginning, it's without. Like a, a theist is someone who believes in God, and an atheist is someone who does not believe in God. Well, the, the karthesia is this idea of, of purity, catharsis or cathartic, something, um, you know, we might feel purified or, or purging ourselves by working through something. But this is without that. This is impure, impurity. And it's the idea of, uh, could be in different contexts, physical or moral, but here we're thinking this idea of uh, misconduct and moral uncleanness. And the idea of lustful, luxurious, extravagant living, impure motives. Part and parcel to this context of what we're talking about with that list of sexual morality, impurity, sensuality. We should recognize that as part of the works of the flesh and, and avoid that. Next one on our list here, sensuality. What is, what is behind that in our English Bibles? There's this word that, that uh, has its root meaning of licentiousness. And some of these words are words maybe we don't use, um, uh, including other vices. Filthy, I think we can understand what that means. Lasciviousness, wantonness unbridled lust, just, just out of control, excess, or an excessive uh, over, overkill on these things, uh, lack of self-control with regard to physical purity. So I think, I think if we think about the, the, this verse and these words we've just talked about, I think Paul's moving from the specific to the general here for a reason. Talked about sexual immorality, being pretty specific about what that is, and then, and then, uh, 
impurity, a little bit more general, and then sensuality, sort of an all-encompassing thing. Let us be morally pure and upright and maintain our integrity. And I'm going to repeat this part that's in our, in our text at the end of each section. All of this stuff we just talked about, it's a warning. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things that we just talked about will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if, if we lose heaven, we've missed out on, on all there is. That's the whole thing we're looking for here. We want to inherit the kingdom of God. The next section categorizes idolatry or sorcery, uh, false religion, wrong priorities. Sometimes we talk about idolatry in that context. And also drug abuse. And that might seem like, well, where'd you get that? But we'll, we'll dig into that in our study here. So just ticking through that list here, the, the, the first part of, of verse 20 lists those off. Idolatry, sorcery. And for this word, idolatry, uh, it's... It's sort of a compound of the word for idol and the word for worship. So it's idol worship or image worship. And that could be literally, literally or figuratively in different places we see where sometimes that's used figuratively. But I think in the context of the first century Christians, there were all kinds of weird temples with all these false gods and the, the Gentiles were kind of engaged in those things and worshiping these false deities and being involved in the uh, the, the sacrificial uh, rites and things that went along with that. But we can also think about it in terms of materialism. If we worship uh, money and wealth or mammon, some translations will say. And really, whenever we prioritize anything ahead of God, we're guilty of idolatry. And of course, the lesson there is let's put God first. Let's put God first. And then this other word here, sorcery, from our, from our verse, that can, be, that can be confusing to our, our modern perspective. You know, we, we look at stuff like this, like, oh, is it Fantasia with Mickey Mouse, or is, you know, is this sorcery where we're doing magic tricks and stuff? I don't, I don't think that's really the idea that Paul was, was driving at here. Um, you know, these are just kind of pretend things that we think about. Maybe they have a loose historical connection to some of these these things under consideration, but Paul isn't really warning us against watching cartoons and enjoying the entertainment of card tricks. As long as we don't attribute those things to a supernatural uh, power or false god. This is tied in with this idolatry um, and this, uh, this false belief. And the word for that sorcery, and it might even just look obvious. You know, we put a C here or whatever, pharmakia, pharmacy or pharmaceutical seems to be an obvious thing that jumps out to us when we look at this word for sorcery or witchcraft. And so this has to do with this idea of magic. But, it, but in the course of the, the idol worship and the activities they would do in their idol worship, they would, they would use and administer drugs or, or sometimes it would involve poisoning. And so uh, this sorcery and magical arts that's connected with idolatry is what's under consideration. So sometimes they would use these mind-altering drugs um, as well as other activities of uh, drunkenness and sexual perversion, all, all involved in what they would call their worship. And these, and these would uh, help the, the, those that were participating to feel like they're involved in a, in a 
spiritual experience, when really it's not spiritual, it's, it's a fleshly, it's a work of the flesh. Instead of relying on God's inspired word and, and true prophets that we have revealed in his word, um, the, in these false religions, they would have a, an oracle, this person that was pretending to be a prophet, and they would have these drugs, and then they would say all these crazy things, and, and people would think that that was, that was something fantastic. And sometimes the, the worshipers would take drugs to have these experiences. And, and this is what, this is what um, Paul is warning against here. And we might think in, in our modern or quasi-modern times, and back to the 1960s, a lot of singers and artists and things were involved in LSD and, and have their, their songs while they're, they're high on drugs and that sort of thing. I suppose that still goes on today, but that's where my mind goes to. And, uh, you know, that's not, that's not where spirituality comes from. Mr. T tells us both to stay in school and don't do drugs. So I'm a child of the 80s, so I couldn't resist that. So sorry. But more importantly than that, uh, we need to remember God's warnings, as we've seen before. Galatians 5, 21. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Idolatry, putting God anywhere but the top of our list, sorcery, drug use, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. We need to, to put away the works of the flesh. Moving on to our next section here, failing to love our neighbor, our, our fellow man, our fellow Christian. So as we move through verse 20 into 21, we have in our list, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. This is the longer part of our list. So let's look at the word enmity. And quite honestly, that's not a word I use in everyday life. But this word enmity has to do with hostility. We might think about just fighting, uh, being, being opposed, having, having a hatred for one another, or hostility. Um, I looked up a bunch of Synonyms for this, hostility, animosity, antagonism, antipathy, opposition, um, kind of goes on and on. Bitterness, discord, resentment, all these things where we're not getting along. Can't we all just get along <laughs> with effort? And that's the point. These are, you know, human nature. All of this stuff appeals to our, our, our just the natural inclination of people. Um, but with effort, we can, we can overcome these things. We need to get along and love one another. The next word on our list, strife. Let's look at the word for strife. And that's the idea of a, of a quarrel or wrangling or contention or debate. A lot of these same words. Some of these kind of blur together. Contention and strife and wrangling. Let's, let's be careful to get along and not be contentious. Not to have a spirit of contentious, contentiousness and fighting. But let's seek to, to have unity and harmony with one another. Next word on the list is jealousy. And if we look at that word for, for jealousy, and you might, might look at that, zealous, zealous, you recognize that in relationship to zealous, and that actually is a weird thing where in different contexts, this word can be rendered and mean zealous and zeal and that enthusiasm or, or a jealousy, which is more of a negative idea. So in this context, of course, with the works of the flesh, we would take this more of an unfavorable perspective on what's being discussed. This idea of jealousy or, or malice, 
um, being envious or contentious and having that jealousy. So, and it even mentions here uh, on, our, on our definition, unfavorable as with the husband. Of course, a husband being jealous of, of someone else for the wife, that would actually be an appropriate jealousy. We talk about sometimes God being jealous when his people go astray and these sorts of things. Um, but, but this idea of, of uh, covetousness and, and, and being jealous of other people's things is, is I think, the, the negative idea we're to, to think about in this context. You know, if someone has success or someone gets a, a, a raise in their job or a promotion, you know, are, are we inclined to, to rejoice with them and great job, you know, or are we, I wanted that job <laughs> or I wish I could do that or, you know, which, which attitude do we have? We need to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and not have the spirit of jealousy. The next phrase there is fits of anger. And this, even though that's sort of a three words thing, it's just from one word that's sometimes rendered outbursts or fits of anger or rage. This idea of, of, of passion and fierceness, indignation and wrath. Um, Angry, the concept of heat, this hot anger um, that can quickly boil up and, and, and then go away quickly. So this, you know, we might say losing our temper, freaking out, losing our temper. This is not who we should be. We should be people of self-control and keep these things under control. We should be thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. Rather than being like this, we should, we should have love and peace, be kind and gentle to our brothers and sisters. So calm down, chill out, pray for strength, and, and, and pray for the one you're angry with. You know, if we, get, we might have a good reason for being angry, but we don't have a good reason for losing control. Uh, let's pray for those that, that maybe we have issues with and work through that. The next word on our list is rivalries. Rivalries. And this is rendered various ways in different translations. Selfish ambition. Disputes, strife, and it's the idea of plotting and scheming, and another unusual word, electioneering or scheming for office. The idea of, of trying to make yourself win uh, and, and being against someone else and not, and not necessarily having the integrity to, to, to be honest about those things. I think it's the idea, you think about Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they saw, oh, look, People are giving and, and, and helping the poor, and, and they're uh, looked on favorably by the church. I want to I be looked on favorably. Let's sell our land. And, well, we don't need to give all the money. We'll, we'll lie about that. And, and uh, we'll, we'll look good, though. You know, of course, they paid for their, that, for their, their lives uh, as a result of that. But that was that spirit of, of you know, they're just trying to, trying to, to make a big deal and, and be, be something they're not. Um, they're trying to, uh, you know, sort of like smearing your political opponents, if you think about this electioneering idea. Now, if we, if we imagine the idea of, uh, if we were in the process of appointing elders and, and, we're, and the people who are maybe candidates for that are, well, he's no good, and rah, rah, I'm good, and, and smearing each other. I mean, just ridiculous kind of things, or... Or what if we uh, made big deal about, well, well, I'm the best song leader and so-and-so's no good at that or sister so-and-so doesn't make good communion bread and so she shouldn't be allowed to do that. And 
just these weird things that are just works of the flesh. We're not having love and peace and kindness and gentleness. Again, I'm not saying anyone's, any, I've never heard any of that stuff here, uh, but, but what a shame that would be. And, and maybe, you know, different, different uh, groups, maybe, maybe some of those things are said, and we ought not to be, ought not to be that way. Let's have love for one another. And then so many of these are, are close together. We're actually look at dissensions and divisions together, although they are two separate words here. This idea of dissension, division, sedition sometimes rendered, or divisions, of, uh, the idea of a, a, of a sect. You might think of in the, in the Jewish context, they had the, the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they had these different ideas. And even the, even the church uh, later, I believe in Acts, was referred to as a, a sect. Because uh, there's different, you know, of course, it's the true sect that we're supposed to follow Christ and be Christians. But this idea that there's these different parties of, well, they believe this and we're, we're arguing. And then these guys believe this and it, it's division. You know, the church is to be united. This is the opposite of unity, these words here. We are to be of one mind and, and we should uh, be agreed on, on certainly the, the word of God and not at odds with one another, not fighting we should avoid setting up uh, divisive false doctrines that would split the church. These are the kind of things we would need to avoid and understand what's being considered here, the works of the flesh. And this last one here um, in this section is the word envy. And that is the idea of having ill will, jealousy, which again, we've, we've looked at the word uh, jealousy, spite, resentment, covetousness. Do we love others or, or wish bad things for them? Do we have ill will for one another? Uh, do we even work on destroying other people? Do we plot and, and scheme and, and try to, to harm other people or bring them down? Do we hold grudges or envy others because of their status, their accomplishments, possessions, their capabilities? We need to remember we're all on the same team and rejoice with each other and recognize that uh, the blessings that may be uh, those of us have are for the good of God if we, if we use them together. And again, all those things that we just talked about. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Enmity, this fighting spirit, strife, jealousy, losing your temper, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Don't, don't do it. He's, human nature leads us to do these things. But we need to work on it. We need to work on these things and, and, and stop these things if we find ourselves involved in them. And encourage each other. Just sort of the point of this lesson that we would uh, think on these things and, and work and sort of see these warnings as, as road markers recognize maybe where we might go off the rails to stay on the straight and narrow. So this last section of our, of our outline is a lack of self-control, again, specifically uh, about drunkenness. So if we look at uh, Galatians 21, the second part, we have this list of drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Let's look at the word for drunkenness, and it uh, comes from this word, methe, which is, we see in the English word, methanol, which is wood alcohol. Or if we take the M off, we see ethanol, which is what's uh, the chemical name for a drinking alcohol. And 
this idea of intoxicant or intoxication, drunkenness. We, we know what we're talking about. Wine and beer and uh, liquor and, and, and gin and vodka and all these different, different types that we could think about. Um, and drinking alcohol is normal in our society. This isn't some weird thing or whatever, but we are in the world, but not to be of the world. We are called to be different. We need to remember who we are and avoid these things. This is part of the works of the flesh. Let's avoid that. The next word in the English Standard Version is rendered orgies. Uh, some translations will use a word like carousing or revelings. Definitions like the carousal or letting loose, reveling or rioting. And I don't think it's so much like a riot, like a fight, but just this crazy party, this, this uh, carousal, a drunken, a drunken wild party at night where people get out of control. And there's an interesting definition that uh, in some of the materials I read that kind of an old-fashioned way of saying it, a nocturnal and riotous procession of half-drunken and frolicsome fellows who after supper parade through the streets with torches and music in honor of Bacchus, which is one of these false gods, the god of wine and drunkenness, or some other deity, and sing and play before houses of male and female friends, hence used of these feasts and drinking parties that go late at night. We might think about Mardi Gras, the things that we see going on perhaps in some of those activities. Partying hard, maybe a phrase we would hear or say to refer to what we're talking about. A drinking party, a kegger. We shouldn't be involved in this kind of thing. We shouldn't be involved in, in uh, these riotous living and drinking and drunkenness. Let's remember who we are. And then there's this phrase here at the end, this little catch-all. There's sort of the specific, the general thing again. And things like these. If you, if you feel like you're okay because, well, we didn't quite, the Bible didn't mention specifically the thing that I'm doing. It's kind of like that, but it didn't mention it. Well, you know, that doesn't really work. You know, we have to just think again. Remember, uh, the works of the flesh are evident, obvious, plain. This is not complicated. This is not an exhaustive list. Don't, don't do stuff like this. Don't get involved in these worldly things. And, you know, we might have friends that are pulling us into that. That's, that's, uh, that can be difficult. We have to be careful who our friends are and work on that. And that, again, to our warning, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Drinking strong drink. We shouldn't be involved in drinking strong drink, drunkenness. All these things tied together. Drinking parties, keggers, drinking contests, drinking alcohol. This is, don't, don't do that. We need to work on, on that if that's something we struggle with and stop that. We want to go to heaven. We need to get serious. One or the other. So if we think about our list here that we've looked at, uh, be sexually pure, put God first, don't do drugs. Be kind. And love people. Love one another. Exercise self-control and avoid alcohol. Or we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just to read our text again all in full as we've kind of chopped it all up there. 
Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then moving on to the next verse, but but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And I was kind of looking at those, uh, you know, thinking about sort of our outline here on the left of those broad categories, and then these verses over here of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, do we want moral impurity or, or goodness and faithfulness? Do we want to be involved in idolatry and sorcery and all that entails, or, or faithfulness? Do we want to be failing to love each other and, and hating each other? Or do we want to have a kind and gentle spirit? Are our lives full of drunkenness and wild parties out of control? Or are our lives characterized by self-control? So that's pretty much the lesson. I mean, if, if uh, each of us has a body and a spirit, I mean, this is what this is, whole contrast is about. These are temptations common to us all. We need to be reminded and be on guard for these things and, and pray and work on avoiding these pitfalls and cultivate the fruit of the Spirit as we seek to eliminate the works of the flesh in our lives. If you're not a Christian, these are the kind of things that you would uh, be expected to, to change in your life and, and work on. Um, we want to work on it together as a church family. We know that it's, it's hard to make a change in your life. <laughs> We invite you to become a Christian so you can inherit the kingdom of God. That's that warning we keep having for not following God. And if we're not following God and we're just involved in all of these works of the flesh, then we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And Christians, we need to, we need to stick with it. And perhaps uh, there's some that are struggling and this is maybe a stepping on someone's toes. That's, that's good. That's the point. We need to have our, our, our toes stepped on by the word of God. But perhaps you're struggling and want to ask for for prayers, for help with these things. That's fine, too. We we would invite that. We look at our invitation song. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's not pushing us around, right? This is an invitation. You're welcome. You're welcome to come and be part of Jesus' family. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon. Pardon for you and for me. So if there's anything we can do with regard to, uh, to the gospel, or praying for you or with you, we invite you to come as we stand and sing the song. Thank you for listening to the Nearer to God podcast by the North End Church of Christ in Ashland, Ohio. 
For more information or to contact us, please go to our website at churchofchristashland.org. May God bless you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Shall be near.